Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I have few minutes and the teaching is so important, so I want you to open up your spirit. Hallelujah. I want you to open up your spirit. Because God has a word for you. Listen, if you want miracles to be consistent in your life, you must embrace the theology that makes them consistent. Sometimes we stumble upon miracles, but we don't know how to make them happen in a repetitive manner in our lives. And that's what the word of God does. So in a service like this, don't just look out for the flow of the spirit. Look out for the word. You have to be particular about the teaching of the word of God. Amen, someone. Come on, amen, somebody. Turn your Bibles quickly. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. You're going to open that and you're going to read it from your spirit as loud as you can, as though you were there when Jesus made this statement. Are you there? Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Read as loud as you can. One, two, go. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from an eye. This morning, I'm bringing you a message titled, The Ministry of the Spirit. But, for, but before I go to the what. I want to talk about the why. Why is the Holy Spirit so important? Why is the Holy Spirit so important? The reason why we need to start with the why is because there is a subtle impression that people and churches that are passionate about the move of the Spirit have a primitive mind. You know, some people are just so intelligent, so cool, so calm, so collected that when they see a people passionate about the Spirit, they tend to be, susp tend to be suspicious and to look at them like, why are you walking up yourselves, you know, the way you are? And you see, many have instead invented a false idea of sophistication, a brand of Christianity that embraces everything except the Spirit himself. Good music instead of worship. Good advice instead of transformative doctrinal exegesis. That's what we have subjected ourselves to. And for many, the Holy Spirit is an option, a denominational preference. But I want to tell you unequivocally that that's not how the church of Jesus was designed to run. One more time, we're answering the question, why is the Holy Spirit so important? And I'm going to answer in a very simple, illustrative way. The Holy Spirit is to a church what an engine is to a car. If you see a car without an engine, the car will look good but will not go anywhere. It will look okay but it will not go anywhere. And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Luke chapter 24 verse 49 that you read, Jesus says, tarry until you are endured with power from on high. You know what is fascinating? As at the time Jesus made this statement, he had already died. He had already been buried. He had already risen. 
And for 40 long days, they interacted with him. He taught them the word. You know, he ate with them. Yet, the information that they had, they were not to do anything about it. He said, wait, tarry. The infrastructure of the redemptive work was already there, but he said, tarry. And the reason is simple. There is no church without the Holy Ghost. And so one day, 120 of them were in the upper room, tarrying and praying. And the Bible says, suddenly, the Bible says what? It says there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind that filled the room where they were. And cloven tongues as of fire sat upon the head of everyone. They began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And guess what? It turns out that tarrying was worth their while. I want to assure you, if in those 40 days, instead of tarrying, they went about trying to be witnesses, trying to tell people, Jesus is alive, we saw him, we ate with him, they won't have as much results. But in a moment, an instant of the move of the Spirit, thousands of people were down, waiting to understand what was happening up there, asking questions. And Peter came with one simple sermon, 3,000 people were added to the church. This is what the prophet meant when he says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary, run and not faint. It's to your advantage that you learn to depend on the Spirit. You will achieve things faster that way. Maybe that's why the impact some of us have is so small. Because you have not learned to rely on the Holy Spirit. God said to start a ministry. You bought a drum set. You bought a keyboard. But you've not learned to walk with the Spirit. This service is for you. Did you hear what I said? I know you are brilliant. You have a business. Probably you have four degrees and 20 certifications. But guess what? It takes the anointing to interpret the, the, the dreams of Pharaoh. It takes the anointing. This Holy Spirit can change your life in a practical way. I want to, en I mean, I want to encourage you to give him more room, more space in your life. Who is ready to do that this month? Hallelujah. Listen, this is no fable. He changed my life. He changed my life. He's real. He's real. He's real. And when the Holy Spirit takes over your soul, <laughs> He'll bring a new level of productivity and effectiveness to your life. You begin to function at a level you never knew you could. It brings a change to your life. Did you hear what I said? Do you believe he can do that for you? You know, there are many things I know and people think I learned. But they just came by impartation. Make no mistake, I believe in learning. I believe in exerting yourself to improve yourself. I believe in education. But there is also 
and endowment from on high. Where you just receive capacity for the assignment by impartation. Did you hear what I said? Ah, by impartation. Because by the Holy Ghost, anybody can be somebody. Anybody. Anybody. And even in the Old Testament, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, you know, came upon Saul and he became another man. You know, years ago, I used to be the agile one in services. And maybe some others who used to watch me and think I was extra. They must have thought I was foolish. I'm sure their mind has changed. I don't have to wear a white robe. If you've been in this ministry long enough, you know that the prophetic is strong here. I want to advise you next time, if I say rejoice, please rejoice. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's the ministry of the Spirit. You see, and so, every Sunday this month will be a special impartation service, especially the last. All right? But you see, for the sake of this service, I want to talk about something more important, more crucial. Let me give you an illustration. If you ask someone, what is a phone used for? A cell phone. Imagine the person tell, telling you, oh, for playing music. Oh, for playing games. The person is not wrong. Because the average smartphone can do that. But guess what? There is something more fundamental that phones are meant for. And I discovered years ago that when people talk about the ministry of the spirit, they talk about the peripherals, the small aspects. They don't realize the major ministry of the spirit. There are three fundamental things, most important things that the advent of the spirit introduced to the church. You need to know what those three are. We're going to take one this service and one next service and the last one upper service. And you need to know what it is. Let me tell you this. When people think about the ministry of the Spirit, they think about power gifts. They think about healing. They think about anointing. They think about the, the capacity to do what they want to do for God. But guess what? All those things were happening before Jesus came. Before Jesus came, the dead was raised. The Red Sea was parted. Bread was multiplied. Many people think that Jesus was the first. Elisha did it. Go and read. Yeah, Jesus turned water to wine. Guess what? Moses turned water to blood. Not just water. A whole river. Why did the Holy Spirit come? And why is he very important? What is his ministry? I want to show you the most important ministry of the Spirit. Turn your Bibles, John chapter 14, verse 18. John chapter 14, verse 18. The most important ministry of the Spirit. Every other thing that people, I mean, nine out of ten times talk about is to point to this one thing. This is the most important thing. This is the epicenter of everything the Holy Spirit does. Everybody read, loud as you can, John 14, 18, one, two, go. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Newer translations get it right because the Greek word is orphanos. 
I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So listen, the coming of the Spirit is to take you out of the orphanage and bring you into the family, assimilate you into the family of God where God is no, 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 no longer just your creator. He becomes daddy. This is the real ministry of the Spirit. When you receive the Spirit of God, you cease to be an orphan. You become a child of God. Listen. Just imagine there is a wealthy man. Some mentor out there. Someone you'll be very privileged to meet. Let me ask you, you know, if you had the opportunity, let me ask an entrepreneur, Splendor. If you had the opportunity to get close to any wealthy businessman, who would that be? I won't mention the name in the camera. Just tell me. All right. I won't say he said Dangote. <laughs> now, imagine you got a great job to work with Dangote. That would be wonderful, right? Come on, that would be wonderful, right? But do you know what it would mean if the same man, instead of giving you a job, gives you his name? He adopts you. You bear his name. You live with him. And all that he has becomes yours. You see, many people in the church are fascinated by what the Holy Spirit can give. But he wants you to become a son. Sonship is greater. Adoption is greater. Many people are fascinated, God bless you, by the miracles and that's great. Fascinated by what the Holy Spirit can give. The Holy Spirit doesn't just want to give you something. He wants to help you become. And if you have already become, if you are already a child of God, he wants you to walk like it and talk like it and embrace it. He wants you to have a sense of assurance, a confidence of a son. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 15, fast as you can. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. The ministry of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. <laughs> are you in Romans 8 15? Read together, one, two, go. Huh, I don't like how you're reading. Read loud as you can, one, two, go. received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you've received the spirit of adoption listen this is who the spirit of God is he's the spirit of sonship you see I want to renew your mind many people when they think about the spirit they don't really think sonship but this is the most important thing this is his name the spirit of adoption the spirit that brings adoption that makes you a son that makes you a child of God when you receive the Holy Spirit, now you have the right to call him Daddy. This is the ministry of the Spirit. The right and the privilege to become a child of God. Thank God for power and all those things. You see, one day in the night, Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, I know John chapter 3 verse 1, that you are a great prophet come from God. Because no one can do these great miracles except God be with him. Jesus interjected immediately and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Listen, this is the problem with the church. Like Nicodemus, they are fascinated by the miracles. 
fascinated by all these things. Many people don't know that the miracles, the ultimate goal of miracles is to draw people's attention to what is most important. Who God wants you to be, a son. He wants to use it to convince you to be adopted into his family. That's the real purpose of miracles. And just when you are fascinated enough to come to talk to Jesus about the great wonders he has been doing, he immediately shifts your attention and says, Most assuredly, what Jesus was saying was so urgent, he didn't even have time to receive the compliment first. He didn't say thank you, but... He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. Do you know what that means? You can be a beneficiary of the miracle ministry of Jesus and not be born again. Are you listening to me? The, I mean, the earthly ministry of Jesus is testament to this fact. He healed many people, delivered many people. But when it came to waiting for the Spirit of God, how many people were in the upper room? Just 120. What about the multitudes? What about the 5,000 that he fed with bread? This is the problem with the church. We are still waiting for the bread. We want the bread. And he is the bread of life. We want the bread, daily bread. But the true daily bread is salvation. Are you listening to me? Listen, the major ministry of the Spirit is evangelical. Is evangelical. He wants to bring as many people as possible to the fold of God, to bring you into the family of God. It's an evangelical ministry to give people the right to cry, Abba, Father. This is so important. Turn your Bibles now. John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. I have to move quickly. John chapter 16, verse 7. He said, nevertheless, I tell you this, the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, this is the ministry of the helper. The Holy Spirit. Verse 8. And when he has come... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You know, a lot of people don't really understand what this text means. They think the Holy Spirit's work is to make people feel guilty. You know, in all those old prophetic churches, every time the Spirit is moving, he's to expose sin. Hmm, I smell sin. There's someone here. No. Hallelujah. That's not what he's saying. And to know what he's saying, you can just read verse 9. In verse 9, he says, of sin because they do not believe in me. So the Greek word translated convict actually means to convince. So the people who don't believe in Jesus will be convinced of the Spirit to do so. Are you getting what I'm saying? We'll be, this is an evangelical ministry. We'll be convinced. So the scene he's talking about here is the scene of unbelief. Of sin because they do not believe in me. It's a scene of unbelief. And so he's, the real ministry of the Spirit is to convince. That's the reason for the miracles. That when they see the miracles, they will know that this is really God and they will turn away to follow him. It's evangelical. When God promised salvation, he promised the Spirit. They are one and the same thing. So when Nicodemus asked, born again, 
how can a man be born when he is old? Will he enter his mother's womb to be born again? You know, Jesus said, except a man be born of the Spirit. So what does it mean to be born again? To be born of the Spirit. And salvation, listen, salvation is simply the Spirit of God coming to reside in the heart of a man. That's what salvation is. So what I'm explaining to you in essence is this. When God promised the Old Testament church, promised the Jews salvation, what he promised was the Holy Spirit. And if you read the Bible carefully, you will see that those two terminologies were used interchangeably. I want to just, I mean, teach you this so that you will see the true ministry of the Spirit, the most important ministry of the Spirit. Turn the Bibles, Galatians chapter 3 from verse 13. Galatians chapter 3 from verse 13. This is a popular text, but what should stand out to people is not what stands out, funny enough. Galatians 3.13, from verse 13 to 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, it says that the blessing of Abraham, is it on the screen? Everybody read verse 14 together, one to go. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we may what? That we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, even if you don't understand what he's saying, what is, what do you receive when you believe through faith? What do you receive? Forget this text. In the Bible, we're talking about salvific faith. When you have faith in the redemptive work of Christ, what happens to you? Listen, it says, with the heart, man believes unto what? And with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. So, listen, when you have faith in God, you are saved, right? But now, he says that you may receive the promise of the Spirit. So, that's what salvation is, the promise of the Spirit. And by the way, this is a lexical ambiguity. When you say the promise of the Spirit, you might not understand what he's saying. You would think the Holy Spirit gave a promise. But instead, he's telling you the Holy Spirit is the promise. So the original rendition says that you may receive the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the promise. So when God promised salvation to the Jews, what was he really promising them? That one day this Spirit that is upon kings, upon prophets, upon priests, will come inside them. And that is salvation. The spirit of the Lord in the heart of man, that's salvation. Come on, are you with me? And so in that upper room, like I said earlier, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter had preached, the Bible says everyone, you know, who listened to him, their hearts were pricked. And they said, what, what can we do? They wanted to know what they needed to do to be saved. Verse 37 of Acts chapter 2. It says, now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart and said to Peter, Acts 2, 37. And the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the what? You shall receive the what? Was he talking about spiritual gifts or salvation? Say it loud. 
But instead of saying salvation, he talked about the gift. This is the ministry of the Spirit. Salvation. And it doesn't matter what you think you know about the Holy Spirit. If you don't know that his major assignment is to bring men into sonship, you have missed the point of everything. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, verse 39, what is the promise? The gift of the Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the God shall call. So now he calls the Holy Spirit promise. So what was promised in the Old Testament was the Spirit. The promise of salvation is the promise of the indwelling of the Spirit. This changes everything. So Lord, I thank you that by your spirit, I can know something supernaturally about anybody. I can get a word of knowledge or I can receive a word of knowledge, receive a miracle, receive prophecy. But the most important thing is by your spirit, I'm a child of God. Listen to me. You might be here trusting for a miracle, but here is where to begin. The consciousness of sonship, the consciousness of adoption. You're a child of God. That's special, and that's the ministry of the Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the what? That's the ministry of the Spirit. To give you assurance of sonship, assurance of salvation. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, as fast as you can. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Are you learning anything? We'll look at Ephesians 1.13, then we'll look at 2 Corinthians 1.21. We're almost done, but we're not done. So much to learn. Are you in Ephesians 1.13? Read loud as again. One, two, go. Listen, you see that phrase again. The Holy Spirit of promise. That was the promise. That was the promise. The Holy Spirit, it says, after that you believed, you were sealed. So now, thank God for everything people know the Holy Spirit to, to give, to bring and to give. Oh, because of the Holy Spirit, I can speak in tongues. Because of the Holy Spirit, I can perform miracles. Because of the Holy Spirit. But you know the most important ministry of the Spirit? Adoption. When you have the Holy Spirit, you know what that means? You have received a seal. Oh my God. Look at that text again. It says, after that, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit is a seal. What is a seal? A brand. I will give you a modern illustration and an old illustration. Every phone here has a brand, I hope. Hallelujah. And listen, the makers of the phone were meticulous enough to ensure that the brand cannot be easily cleaned off. You're not getting me. They were meticulous enough. In fact, some of you, the brand is engraved on your phone. In those olden days, when anyone would buy a slave, they would use a hot metal to brand the slave. Even if the slave runs away, once they see that seal, they will know who owns the slave. This is what God does to us when we believe. 
The Holy Spirit is a brand, a stamp of ownership. Listen, so having the Holy Spirit, apart from the good stuff that you enjoy, speaking in tongues and everything, the most important ministry of the Spirit is that I carry the brand of God. He gives me assurance of salvation. How can I doubt that I'm born again when I have the Holy Spirit? How can I doubt that I'm making heaven when I have the Holy Spirit? Don't you understand? I have the seal, the brand. He has made me a citizen of heaven. He says, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Let me show you what the seal is for, verse 14. It says, which is the earnest of your inheritance. This translation says, the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of your purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. He says that Holy Spirit is a guarantee. When you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and God still feels, you know, God seems to be far away. Remember, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit you have is different from the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. It's the same Spirit, but in the Old Testament, He was upon, not within. And so because He was just upon, He could lift. And so David can say, cast me not away from your presence, O God. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. But now, he's inside you. He's inside you. He's inside you. Listen. And he said, Lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the age. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you always. Listen. So what is the duration of his impact and ministry in your life? He says, until the end of the age. The end of the age. The seal of the Spirit. The seal of the Spirit. I'm a child of God. Hey, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should, we should be called sons of God. What a privilege. What a privilege. It might be great that we receive a gift from God, a miracle from God, but to be called the Son, that He lives in me, that I bear His name, that I sit where He sits, he says, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when you were dead with sin, has quickened us together with Christ and made us sit together with him in heavenly places. It says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. This is the ministry of the Spirit. And I want to tell you with all due respect, it doesn't matter what else you know about the Spirit. If you don't know this, you have cheapened his ministry. Shipping this ministry to things that you can get. His gift is himself. Did you understand? He is the gift. He is the promise. The Holy Spirit himself is the promise. Hallelujah. That's why you can function in all the gifts. Because the bearer of all the gifts is inside you. That's why. And now, do you know when you understand this, it makes receiving miracles cheap. Because he that spared not his son, but freely del delivered him up for us, how shall he not also freely give us all things? If I'm a son of God, I don't have to beg for favor. I don't have to beg for healing. I don't have to beg for provision. Listen, 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 listen. It's the responsibility of the dad to take care of his son. 
No wonder Jesus said healing is the children's bread. It's bread. It's bread. It's bread. Hallelujah. We eat it every day. It's bread. Come on. But listen, you have to start with an understanding of sonship. An assurance of salvation. I belong to God. I'm branded. Listen. Anyone who has any spiritual binoculars can see you are sealed. If they take your name to any mirror, they will see you are sealed. <laughs> if they make, if they, by some accident you are kidnapped and taken anywhere, they will see a seal. There is a seal upon you. Did you hear what I said? I said there is a seal upon you. Ah, this one belongs to God. Get him out of here. Get out of here. We don't want any trouble. I told you one day, <laughs> I was in a car park at Ikeja City Mall, just about to, you know, park my car. And one guy, you know, I'm sorry to say, of course, you know what they're called, Alpha, came to my window. He said, sir, sorry, do you have a few minutes? I want to tell you something. In my mind, I was like, finally. I've been hearing them that they do these things to people. Now I get as he was about to start talking to me, all his friends in the car started shouting, leave him alone, leave him alone. Come back, leave him alone. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> you want touch transformer? <laughs> I will hypnotize you. <laughs> you will come to church. You will be surprised. <laughs> I've got to seal somebody. I belong to God. The spirit realm recognizes it. When I step into a room, the spirit realm recognizes it. Charms don't work on me. I'm sealed. Did you hear what I said? Demons recognize it. I'm sealed. They know. They know. They know. Listen, I'm teaching you to talk. Say with me, say I'm sealed. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Say, I belong to God. I belong to Him forever. Speak in tongues for a bit. Speak in tongues for a bit. Catalendo lemehai. Consapalata kabaya. Enton sombretai. Suteremahaya kapaya. Boss in your God, say, I'm sealed. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. You see, once upon a time, Peter still believed that only the Jews could be saved. And after the Lord had convinced him to go to Cornelius' house, Cornelius was, I mean... By Peter's understanding, a pagan, someone who could never be saved. And so he was just telling Cornelius all that Jesus had done for the sake of news, announcements. And to his shock, the Bible says that as Peter preached the gospel to Cornelius, while he was still talking, 
while he yet spoke those words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them that heard the words. And Cornelius and everyone in his house began to speak in tongues. From that day, Peter's conviction changed. Because if they are speaking in tongues, it means they are saved. Are you listening to me? What I'm saying, is it in your Bible? He thought Cornelius was not saved and could not be saved. But when he saw that he received the Spirit and was speaking in tongues, he changed his mind. Because the Holy Spirit is not just for, you know, the religious calisthenics and the charismatic gymnastics. He's for assurance. He's for assurance. So when you see someone do anything by the Spirit, the first thing that comes to your mind as a conclusion is that the person is saved. What I'm saying is in the Word. Praise the name of Jesus. That's that's the first thing it tells you. Oh, saved. Saved. That's what the Holy Spirit represents. Assurance of salvation. Adoption. Sonship. That's the ministry of the Spirit. Any sons in the house today? Any daughters? Hallelujah. You seem confident. Now, if you're a son, you've received the spirit of adoption. What can be withheld from you? You have all the resources that you need to fulfill God's plan for your life. Stand to your feet. Pick your Bibles in your hands. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. The last text I'm going to read. It says, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles amongst you, does he do it by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He's telling you that the system by which you get saved is the same system by which you get miracles. Hearing of faith. The same way you heard the gospel, you believed it and you were saved. It's the same way miracles happen by the hearing of faith. Now I'm telling you, you are a child of God. You have power with God. The spirit of the Lord resides in you. You are seated with him in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. Be conscious of your position. Let it be a consciousness. He says, now whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of Jesus and in consciousness of his person. Listen, this week, I want you to carry the consciousness of your identity in God. I'm a child of God. In my good day, I have the privilege to present God to my world. Hallelujah. Not only am I not, am I, am I, I, can I not be empty spiritually, I have enough of God to share with the whole world. Do you believe that? I want to give you a few minutes. I want you to meditate on that. Just a few minutes. Meditate on that. Speak in tongues. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. Meditate on that and make it count. Make it count. 
make it count. Listen to me. Open your eyes. Listen to me. Some of you are looking for the wrong things. You're looking for provision instead of building in your heart the consciousness of sonship. If you are the son, the son of God, anything around you can be turned around for your good. You can't lack. If wine is missing, you can turn water to wine. Just imagine you had that consciousness of abundance that even when there is scarcity, I have something that can bring something out of nothing. Just imagine. It wasn't even drinkable water. It was water for washing, religious washing that Jews had. He turned it to wine, meaning by the anointing, you can turn something that has no value to become valuable. How do you function in this grace and lack capital? Some of you, this word is not for everybody. I know it's not for everybody. How do you function in this grace and lack capital? If you have a vision bigger than you, this word is for you. You can turn water to wine. Five loaves can feed 5,000. When you walk in the consciousness of sonship, everything you have is enough. In fact, more than enough. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.